What's up, people? Welcome back to Noise Advocation Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Ryan, here with Jeremy. Hi, everybody doing out there? Social media bullshit. Uh, you can find me at Soundwave Slave on Instagram. You can follow the podcast at Noise Advocation on Instagram, Noise Advocation Podcast on Facebook. Uh, we recently just uploaded all of our videos to YouTube which you can find those at Noise Avocation on YouTube. So go subscribe to that channel. Check it out. Even if you don't use it, just subscribe to the channel. Subscribe, just so like. Helps. I mean, you can just play it and turn the TV off or something, man. Turn your phone off. Just let it play. Build yeah. up those hours. Yeah. We'd appreciate it. Uh, you can email noiseavocation at gmail.com. Did I leave anything out? Your Instagram? Yeah, what about yours? I got it right at the beginning. Oh, well, mine is uh, holdfast underscore 517. You got to spell that out. So today we're going to get into some of the uh, famous rap beefs, rap diss tracks, that sort of thing. Yeah, there's going to be like a lot that we left out, but it was hard to, I mean, there's literally hundreds of them. So yeah. it would have been impossible to kind of include all of them without having the chance to actually talk about some of them or how they started or some of the funny lines in them or whatever. So we kind of just picked out bits and pieces of our favorite yeah. sort of thing. So it wasn't just a whole entire list, the whole episode. And we kept it to hip hop because, uh, when we came in here today, I looked up the, what's considered the first diss track. And I got Tchaikovsky's 1812 overture fucking Yankee doodle. <laughs> I mean, so <clears throat> what what did you say Yankee Doodle? Yankee Doodle is like wasn't a, it against did you say George Washington? Yeah, it was talking shit about George Washington and the Yankees. And then uh I don't it's just fucking ridiculous funny shit like that. It's like a I always thought of that song as more of like a ditty than a diss track. Like, that, that's what I mean. You it's fucking... like something that you hear like some old dude whistling while he's walking into the store or yeah. some shit. Not like, oh, this was a diss against George Washington. Like, had you have not said that, that would have never in a million years occurred to me or even crossed my mind Fuck at all. No. Neither the, would the Tchaikovsky thing. And the note, like the little note next to it says, so the song was... Uh, released if you will in 1754 and it was sung by british troops to mock the colonial troops who they served during the french and indian war with but by 1781 we used it as a fucking a pride thing where we're a motherfucking yankee doodle dandy but it started off as a shit talking song oh so I, okay got it yeah. like it somehow yeah. we were like fuck that it's ours now so, so we like took it back in a way. I guess that's funny. Yeah, I don't. I still would never. I didn't even know that was supposed to be like a uplifting, encouraging. We own this type of song. Oh man, I just thought, like you said, it was some fucking like Humpty like, Dumpty. Yeah, like Humpty Dumpty or uh, Three Strikes You're Out. Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some Maki shit. I don't know, like shit like that. So I would have never. I don't know, but maybe the colonialists were. Uh, at each other's throats like that. Oh, I'm sure, man. <laughs> like, chill here while I load my musket to yeah, blast yeah, your face yeah. off. Fucking takes forever. We got to march like forward ten steps and then look right at him, tell him we're gonna shoot him, and then see what happens. Yeah, 
and then miss probably yeah, and then yeah. you're both sitting there cram packing gunpowder <laughs> into a blunderbuss trying to <laughs> yeah dude i don't know why they just didn't use machetes and shit it would have been a lot more efficient they have bayonets yeah, yeah I, mean, I guess but well, i don't know imagine how imagine how ruthless you could but it ain't gonna Ain't gonna work the same as swinging a machete. Nah. Imagine how ruthless war would have been if it was just with swords. Fucking bit like just crazy. What? There was an old fucking game, dude, where you like were a samurai and you just slaughtered thousands of fucking people, and it was real fun. You Ninja Gaiden? No, that's fun too, but I can't recall the name of it. But you ride a horse. You just fucking cutting motherfuckers up. Dynasty Warriors? Yes, sir. Okay, that's what it was. <laughs> I think it was Dynasty Warriors 3 or something. I don't know. I just remember yeah. that. That shit was fun. There's a whole shitload of those games. Figures. But anyway. But, yeah, anyways. Um, so in recent news, sad, more news, more deaths, more. Yeah, fucking This shit's blows. been ridiculous this year so far. But um, Trugoy from De La Soul recently passed away on the 12th. Uh, I was looking this morning, and I didn't really get to see how he passed. I don't know if you found that. No, but they, um, they I know have he not had, released the actual cause yet. I know he had, like, a, some type of heart condition. Yeah, yeah, cause yeah. Because he's talked about it in a song before as, like, a not a self-deprecating way, but as, like, a... You need to watch it. I think he was on, uh, not a pacemaker, but a thing that... When his heart stops, it'd fucking jolt him and it'd kick it back on. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just a pacemaker with, like, an extra feature, but... I don't know the actual name of what that thing is, but I know what you're talking about. Um, But if you're unfamiliar with De La Soul, for whatever reason, they originally came out in the late 80s. They were part of the Native Tongues Collaborative with A Tribe Called Quest and Queen Latifah, uh, the Jungle Brothers, etc., and they kind of put an interesting spin on hip-hop at the time because what was big in the late 80s, like straight out of Compton, had just come out. Eazy-E was dropping a couple solo albums. Gangsta Ice Cube was fucking huge. Yeah, and the West Coast rap was massive Dom- at yeah, the time. And De La Soul kind of put their own unique spin on it, which was more like conscious sort of rap, but also fun they didn't take themselves too seriously. They didn't really dress too flashy. They used a lot of funky soul samples and shit like that, which actually led to issues with their debut album because of all the samples that they couldn't clear. Right. Which is now apparently going to come out in March, but I don't know that it actually will. So far, it's on track to come out. Hopefully, it does. It was supposed to come out last year. And the year before that. And and that's like from a vinyl standpoint, man. Those records are so hard to get as it is. I know Vinyl Me Please did a reissue of it like quite a while back, but it's 150 bucks, I think, to get it or so. And then if you want to find an original copy, it's quite a bit more than that. I've seen CDs and tapes. I have a CD, but the vinyl copies would be cool. They're supposed to be doing De La Soul is Dead also shortly after Three Feet High and Rising. I, I did hear that. When uh, when I hear that an album's coming out on such and such date, I don't hold my breath anymore. Yeah, we're still waiting on Benny the Butcher's Tana Talk 4. I know, That was man. supposed to come out in October. Jesus. And I don't have any updated date on it whatsoever. Yeah, it's just 
is what it is. But uh, De La Soul, so they actually had like this kind of transitions into our rap beef episode. They had like a little spat with Tupac for a while. Uh, they came out with a song called Ego Trippin', which Tupac's first single as a solo artist after he wasn't rapping with Digital Underground anymore. He came out with I Get Around, which was basically like a ladies' love song sort of thing. Oh, was it? Really? Fucking say it. Okay, man. <laughs> Brenda's Got a Baby was first. Was his first single because that's off Tupacalypse now. I thought Get Around. I get around. I get around was, was maybe I get around was my... the the first video or something. Brenda's got a baby son. Well, consider me corrected. And, like uh, I said, and that's off two different albums. So gotcha. But anyway, I get around. <laughs> now you th- say it. Now you threw me off. I'm sorry. It's good. I get around was. Basically, the song about I get around, like talking about how he's getting with this chick, that chick, whatever chick, and all that. That song's the shit, by the way. I mean, it's fun. It's and I think the lyrics are hilarious. I mean, if it it couldn't come out now, people would be fucking protesting and shit. Because it'd be it's like the most womanizing song ever, womanizing and all that shit. Yeah, that's what's cool about Pac, man. He fucking keep your head up. Completely made up for it at the time. Like ladies loved it. Like, That's they true. ate that That's shit true. up. That's so, true. They wanted to be like, yeah, that is true. Chicks are weird. <laughs> In the video Ego Trippin' by De La Soul, they had this dude who looked very similar to Tupac, who was a bald guy in a gold chain and had the same, like, build as Tupac. And they even shot the video in a mansion that looked very, very similar to the mansion in the video. And... Tupac and De La Soul at this point were cool with each other because of the Naughty by Nature and Tretch connection. Yep. And Tupac was didn't want to like kind of believe that they dissed him, but then like took it as that way. So then we'll get into that in a minute, what he came back with. But the whole ego tripping song was just about how some rappers take everything in the rap game too seriously and let their egos become bigger than what they are right which is exactly i think what happened in tupac's case anyway yeah for sure leading into against all odds which is one of the overlooked tupac diss songs i think because hit him up outshines it by far as far as the mainstream goes but against all odds like has a uh a lot of things kind of drawn into the background like ad libs like there's a part about Nas where it says how he bit Rakim's style completely but if you read it lyrically it doesn't say that you have to go in and listen to the song and it'll be an ad lib kind of in the background and then towards De La Soul they were like uh Tupac said that uh they look like Larry Holmes all flabby and sick (laughs) and then uh right after he says that Larry Holmes line though you can hear Pac in the background screaming look at De La Soul but it doesn't say it lyrically. Like, you right, have to, like, actually listen to the song. It's just in there, yeah. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. And then there's been, like, multiple statements by Trugoy from Dela, who was like, no, we love Pac. Like, we never dissed him. Like, why would we? You know, Ego tripping was about what it was, but it got misconstrued, in which you'll find, as we go on in this episode, like, that kind of happens quite a bit, where people kind of... Put like a verse out there that's questionable questionable to where you're like, I don't know, did he say that at me or was it just kind of a line? Yeah, I think uh, 
I think that that's a great song to close that album with on Machiavelli. Yeah. Didn't he, there was another it wasn't Bomb First, another diss song on there, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, that's with the Outlaws. But yeah, against all odds, definitely go check that out. Uh before we get too far into this, uh we will have another playlist of all these songs made up. So on Spotify you can search and it'll be on our Facebook, our Instagram, whatever, the playlist of all the songs that we mentioned in here. Yeah, it'll be on both of our and noise avocations. Yes, yeah, so then you can kind of get a feel for yourself and maybe even decide like who was the winner of some of these battles because I'm not going to get into who won. I do have one or two where I'm like, I feel like he won, but I'm not going to get too far into that. I would say... Continuing on with Tupac, Hit Him Up is probably arguably one of the most famous diss songs. I would songs. say that is, that's usually on the top of all, like, the, you know, the biggest the top lists. ten diss or yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's always one or two. Oh, yeah, it's always, like, top five at least. Definitely. I've seen No Vaseline be up there and, yep. like, shit like that. Hit Him Up, I mean, that song even gets still played, like, hip-hop stations still play it. Oh, yeah, that shit still play still it. like, like a sing-along. And it's a very ruthless song, too. Like, yeah. I don't know, Rap Beefs today, like, you'll notice on the list, there's not a really a whole lot of newer ones on here because I think that a lot of the Rap Beefs are pretty weak now. Like, the the Pusha T and Drake thing was funny, but it wasn't shit compared to, like, Hit em Up or Ether or anything like but that. But at the same time, what kind of fucking street cred does fucking Drake have? Or, you know, and right. what kind of world is it? Yeah. You know, and looking back, knowing that that whole East Coast, West Coast shit was perpetuated by the record companies and the media and shit, it's like, it, I mean, it's a whole different game. And I think even with the De La Soul thing, you know, you got people telling Pac, spitting shit in his ear, making him think. Yeah, because the tensions, like, there was already the nwa tension that was going on there and then like the east coast west coast beef was huge at the time so like any type of little line that could have been taken Uh out of context or directed at one or the other like people were immediately trying to come back with something on it it got really fucking stupid it made for good music it made for fucking real good music because like some of these diss songs that we get into are like some of my favorite hip-hop songs in general but that's what i mean dude it's all about those dollars so what do you got on your list? So I want to pick your brain a little bit. Because you nine, and I didn't go over each right, other's Right, we lists, were just really. kind of like, hey, you got this down, you got that down. One that I did bring up that I think is uh, underrated, you agree, is Royce to 5'9's Malcolm X. Royce to 5'9", rapper out of Detroit. He's been around for fucking ever. Um, some argue that he's better than Eminem. Me? Uh, yeah, you. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm a Eminem's, bigger fan yeah. than Eminem. Eminem's great and all, and I'm not trying to discredit him in any way. And lyrically, I mean, he's phenomenal. And I, he's dissed probably more people in hip-hop than anybody else has. I think 50 Cent's kind of tied with him Dude, a little yeah, bit. Dude, yeah, Yeah, we'll get to that. But uh, Eminem, I got this written down somewhere. Where is it? Uh, is dissed a ho- t- total of 135 different people on track. Yeah, dude, he's been dissing his, like, he dissed his mom on his first fucking song or whatever, you yeah. know what I mean? And his girlfriend, his wife, whatever, um, Mariah Carey, Nick Cannon, Benzino, uh, Christopher Reeves, um, ICP, 
I'm, I'm just like yeah, spitballing so off many. the top of my head here. There was actually, I don't know if you ever heard this, but there was a, I feel like it was probably 25 years too late, but there was a Nick Cannon diss to Eminem in the last few years that came out. <laughs> Dude. And he Nick got Cannon like, yeah, Nick Cannon did. Came out with a fucking yeah. song against M. Yep. But I mean, it took him way too long to drop it. I guess. Dude. But it's got, the beginning of it has a phone call from Suge Knight in prison. And he's, like, trashing Eminem, like, Eminem who? Like, ain't nobody ever heard of him. And I was like, well, that's fucking petty. Like, the, he's, yeah, like, the yeah. biggest-selling fucking rapper in the world. Yeah. Like, even, I get you don't like him, whatever, but, but like, that's yep. just fucking dumb to say that you never heard of him. Like, you can come up with something better than that. A lot of people consider him the GOAT, man. I think Royce is heavily underrated. Uh, I mean, his lyrical composition his flow everything like and as far as battle rap goes too i mean he's right up there with eminem exactly and M would even say the same thing if you had to ask him it's just it, it's a it a, boils a down to marketing too. oh definitely like i said i mean if you got those guys rapping making great fucking music it's selling you know what i mean like yeah. you said hit him up still fucking played they but, did royce and eminem did a whole album together or two 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 of them actually Bad Meets Evil was like a collaborative that they did together. Uh-huh. They did the prequel and the sequel, I think they were called. Or, yeah, something like that. Those albums, I mean, I still listen to that all the time yeah, just because yeah. all the lyrical content in there is fucking phenomenal. That's like I was saying about that Slaughterhouse, that super group. Yep. But the Malcolm X song, aside from being a fucking, like a good fucking diss track, I mean, the shit was produced by The Alchemist. It's fucking, and it's going at D12 and M. And uh, one of the lines in it is like, since Slim signed 50, I don't see your teeth as much. That's good because your grill got looked like a fucking truck, you know, like just talking <laughs> yeah. shit about, I don't know. And uh, it's just, it's a good song. And I think he's an underrated, like you said. So I wanted to put that one out there. Yeah, he's definitely overlooked. But to the right people, I mean, they they know what's up. So they respect and appreciate his music and get it but like i said it's marketing i want to get into the since we're on Pac, let's talk about biggie yeah go ahead now like i put i left some certain things off because i knew you'd have them. okay so like i didn't put shit by biggie because i figured you'd touch on it i gotcha so but i do have some shit to add yeah most people think who shot you is in response to hit him up and it's not uh, Ryan will tell you about that in a minute. Long Kiss Goodnight, which was always denied by Biggie that it wasn't. He's like, I'm not talking shit about fucking Pac. But then Little Cease con- confirmed it years later after Biggie was dead. Long Kiss Goodnight's fucking eerie-ass beat. And there's a line, and it's like, When my men bust, you just moved with such stanima. Slugs missed you. I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. Like, come on. And it's it's an obvious play on I Ain't Mad At You, yeah. Yep, and it was produced by the RZA, so it's got, like, that nice flavor to it, man. I mean, it's a good fucking song. That was Life After Death? Yeah, it was on there, yeah. Yeah. That is technically the shit talk back to hit him up. You can decide which one, I don't know, like, from a song point of view, I think Long Kiss Goodnight, I enjoy more. It's darker sounding. Uh Or Hit Him Up's more like... Fury of Five-ish, like, beat down, fucking, I'm gonna get you, motherfucker. So it depends yeah. on the mood, I guess. It does lash out at, like, a lot of yeah. people. Like, it um, pokes at Prodigy's sickle cell. Yep. 
And then, like, calls Biggie a fat motherfucker. Yeah. Brings in Chino XL into yep. there. Like, talks about, like, shooting kids and shit. Like, he gets grimy yeah, on it for about, sure. Yeah, he's What's the last line where he's like, I'm going to go. My 4-4, make sure all your kids don't yeah, grow. Yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, he's talking about murking your fucking bloodline. Yep. But uh, the who shot you thing, that was actually Diddy that ill-timed that. So okay. he obviously produced the record. Um, that was pre-recorded, already finished, in the works to be released That's on the I album. Thought. And Diddy, like, saved it kind of as... I don't remember if it was supposed to be the single or what the uh, terms to that was, but I know he kind of shelved it because the album hadn't been put out yet. The shooting had happened, and Diddy... I mean, it was, like, a good idea and a bad idea. Like, it was ill-timed because it sparked a beef that probably wouldn't have happened otherwise, or at least not happened quite as intensely as it did. But it makes for fucking money. Right. But he decided to put the track out right around the time that Pac got shot. And so, obviously, like, Tupac's in the hospital recovering from getting shot, and he's got all these people in his ear, like, yeah. yo, Biggie just dropped a track called Who Shot You? Like, And in his fucking, in Pac's defense, man, what the fuck would you think? Exactly. So, you know? like, and he was kind of losing his mind a little bit in the hospital, mm-hmm. like, feeling down, obviously. Like, I don't know, I've never been shot, but I would imagine it takes a fucking toll on Especially you. Especially five fucking times. Remember him being all fucking gimped up? He's yep. in a wheelchair yep. for a minute. So And you oh, have all uh, these people trying to influence you otherwise, uh-huh. especially, again, with the East Coast, West Coast things being so, the tension was so yeah. high. That kind of, like, blew it up into bigger proportions than what it really should have been, and a lot of people got hurt yeah, due it to it. Yeah, it should have been on wax, and that's it. Yeah. Like, and people it, shouldn't have been getting dropped over uh-huh. it. They shouldn't have been shooting up recording studios. I mean, it was supposed to be, like, about the music and, like, you know, there's probably, in the battle circuit, I'm sure there was fights that broke out when people were doing battle raps oh, and shit. Definitely. But, like, for the most part, I don't think people were, like, on-site shooting people just because, of, you know, it was meant to be a competitive art. Right. And it got blown out of proportion due to that. And I think Diddy's, like, largely to blame for that. Oh, I f- um, from everything I've read, I completely fucking agree. He, I, in fact, we could do a whole fucking episode on just that yeah. That shit, but... Well, there's... In the end of the Eminem kill shot disc, where right. he's talking... Where he's, like, uh, the day that... I can't remember exactly what he says, but it says something, 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 the day that uh, Diddy admits that he put the hit out that got pot killed. Yeah. I think that was kind of con- referring to that time and place. Had to have been, man. I, yeah, I want to say going back to Cali was, like, the first single, maybe, off the of fuck... Or, no, obviously... It was fucking hypnotized, but when you're talking about why he held it, because I remember, like I said, I'm no, I know that wasn't about Pac, and I know that was already pre-recorded, but I didn't know that it was held like that. Yep, because if you read it word for word lyrically, there is not a single thing in there that's no, directed that at. That sounds Pac. like a song that could have been on Ready to Die. Like it's like a yeah. like, I'm gonna rob you song, you yep. know? And it just, yeah, it was basically that. Like it was meant to be like. Hood Tales sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 Hood Tales. And sure. it got released at the wrong place, wrong time sort of thing, and that just, like I said, blew it up into what it was. Yeah, it's fucking insane, man. 
Yeah, the Tupac and Biggie beef is probably the most notorious, I would say. But I think my favorite was the Nas and Jay-Z beef. My, I would say my f- favorite diss track is probably Nas's Ether. Yep. Honestly, I mean, that uh, song is so good. Nas actually, when Reasonable Doubt came out, uh, Jay-Z had a song called Dead Presidents 2. Yep. where he sampled I'm Out for Presidents to Represent Me, the Nas part from Illmatic. And Nas owns 50% of the publishing rights to that. And then they had uh, whatever ended up sparking the beef. There was numerous different things. But Jay-Z came out with Takeover first, which was kind of written more like a manuscript, really. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. If yeah. you read it out, it's like very intricate and... Nas's ether was more like a we're standing in a hallway and I'm just yeah, fucking freestyling. and I'm belittling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of like the belittling aspect to the diss more than I like Jay-Z's intricacy in the song. Right, right. I mean, that's not to say like that Jay-Z didn't have some good lines in the song. Like he does talk about how most of his albums were garbage except Illmatic. And which is completely untrue, but I mean, in the terms of the diss song, you got to kind of work with what you have. Exactly. And then he also comes at Prodigy and from Mob Deep in the song, which I thought was, I thought like his go at Prodigy was more ruthless than his go at Nas, just because of what he said. And we talked about this before we started, but the one line in the song is i don't care if you're mob deep i hold triggers to cruise you little fuck i got money stacks bigger than you uh when i was pushing weight back in 88 you was a ballerina <laughs> i got the pictures i seen you yeah that shit's funny <clears throat> and so, i saw the picture yeah so for those people who don't know um prodigy's grandmother owned a dance studio and prodigy was in dance classes when, when he was very young and there's a picture of him out there floating around where he's in like a it's like a shiny black like it's a sequenced yeah i can't it's not like a leotard but it's like a it's like a male version of a fucking leotard basically like whatever a male ballerina would wear it's funny what the term for that is i'm not sure if it is leotard then maybe i'm wrong but uh the the picture's funny Prodigy to me, like one of my favorite rappers. So, and that's, I'm not bringing that up as any disrespect to Prodigy. You know, long live him, right, right. peace, all that. But it is a very ruthless line to throw out at somebody. Yeah, fuck yeah. But then I think Nas like completely destroyed Jay Z and Ether. I mean, like Barker the whole Bar. song yeah, is dude. just like there. I could pick out anything in there, like. Uh, he calls him a dick-riding faggot. He talks about, like, how he stole Jazzo's style, yeah, name, yeah, yeah. everything. Like, yeah, how he was running to lines. his building and, like, crying, calling him because he had thugs in the projects chasing him and shit. And, like, calls him ugly. Like, uh, talks about how he's 36 and in a karate class. Calls him a Taibo ho. Um, Dude, yeah, there's a lot of fucking. You, funny you know, shit. mustache having whiskers like a rat, like compared to beans, you're whack, like all that shit. Like, he just goes on and on and on and on, and it's fucking hilarious. But like, <laughs> yeah, I, I have to admit though, for like the longest time, like that made me hate Jay Z because I was yeah, like, yo, yeah. fuck Jay Z. And Jay Z is a phenomenal rapper and an even better businessman. But because yeah, you're so loyal to fucking. 
Nas. I mean, like, I that's how I felt about Hit Him Up when I heard it. I was like, fuck Tupac, man. He's talking shit about Biggie. I don't yeah. like this motherfucker. <laughs> but then, you know, and then you grow up. But, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, and ether is now, like, often used as a verb inside of hip-hop songs as, like, a... Like, I'm going to spit ether. I'll spit that ether at yeah, you, yeah. and they're referring to Nas's diss track. Uh-huh. Like, they're not... I never hear anybody, like, oh, I'll spit that takeover at you. Like, <laughs> right, right. So, to me, like, I know I said I'm not going to get into who won or whatever, but to me, like, Nas won that beef, like, tenfold, hands well, down. Oh, I agree. Like you said, fucking terming out, like... A term was deemed from your fucking track. Yeah. So what's getting remembered, you know what I mean? And Nas was, like, kind of on the outs at the time. I don't want to say on the outs, but his career wasn't as big as it was. Like, Yeah, exactly. That he, was a while ago. Yeah, so Stillmatic came out in 2001, 2002, somewhere around there. And... It would have been like Hard Knock Lifetime, wouldn't it? Yep, somewhere around there. I'm trying to think of what Jay-Z album, or what album Jay-Z was on at the time. But yeah, they were both on like their fifth record. Oh, he was that, Jay-Z was that far in? Yeah. Yeah, because Reasonable Doubt came out in 96. Uh, Illmatic was 94. So they both had been around and doing shit for a while. And then Jay-Z was rapping like with other people prior to that. It, uh... Kind of like awoken a beast inside of Nas and like made him come back more hungry, I guess. So, in a way, like Jay Z's to credit for that, but at the same time, like, I mean, it's Nas, like, he made Illmatic. Yeah, Nas fucking, Nas takes the win and that. I think, like, I believe I've said this before, but making Illmatic as your debut is hard because it almost sets you up for failure for the rest of your career yeah, because you, you will never shit. be able to top that. I know. It's fucked and, up. Like, it was written. It was amazing. It was phenomenal, but it wasn't Illmatic. Uh, Nostradamus was good. Like, I liked God's Son. I liked Stillmatic. I liked all, there, there like, really everything. There really isn't any, but, any Nas like I don't like, but you're right. It's not when you're like, what Nas record should I listen to? It, Illmatic. it goes to Illmatic more than I've listened to Illmatic more than I listened to it was written, and they're both really really good records. Another related Tupac uh, diss track going at Tupac that I like that I know you like is the Mob Deep song "Drop a Gem on Him." Yep, a lot of people don't know that song's so fucking eerie, dude. I love it. The whole album's eerie. Like yeah. Havoc, Havoc had, knows what's up. He was like in a particular mind state, making that record where it's all really dark sounding. But there's actually, yeah, that line that Hushachi probably screamed louder than opera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was directly about Tupac. And uh, there was a bunch of other stuff in there, too, that was directed at Tupac because, I mean, Prodigy, yeah, he did have sickle cell. Like, that's what he ended up passing away from. So... For Pac to come out and be like, don't 20 you little motherfuckers have sickle cell or something? Like, that, like, that's, like, incredibly personal. Yeah, like, that's a low blow, yeah. straight up. That's, like, you're wi- he's straight up wishing death on motherfuckers, and look what happens. So he had to come back with something fierce on that and drop a gem on him. Like, that's one of my favorite songs on the album, and Hell on Earth is probably... I know I said this yesterday when we were talking, but, like, it's a toss-up between Hell on Earth and the infamous right, favorite right. Mob Deep record. Well, it's, like, another thing about that song, too, that I don't I don't know if people, like, when you hear it, I don't know if you'll fucking 
catch this, but it's like, so like you said, they're talking about him fucking dying of sickle cell. So they're, you know, so probably he's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to talk about you getting raped in Rikers. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's some low blow shit. And there was that rumor going around, but who fucking knows? Yeah. Who knows I, how Tupac it actually would, happened? If Tupac, but... I don't think if Tupac was sexually assaulted in prison, he would have fucking done something about it or something would have happened. And yeah. you know for a fact that motherfucker was in, like, PC the whole time. Well, so. yeah, because he was a, a worldwide celebrity right. at the time of being in prison. I mean, he came out fucking... That did more for his career, like, yeah. at that time Fuck than yeah. anything else yeah. did. Like, he was, like, the first person to have a number one record while incarcerated. In, yeah. On a fucking... On a rape charge at that. Yep. Like, fuck, man, it's insane. But anyway... I'm going to put, like, all the, like Ryan said, all these songs will be in a playlist. Just so everybody knows, I'll put at who who it's going at. You know what I mean? So then you can find Oh, like who the verses is to sort of thing. Right, so, like, this one would be, like, going at Tupac and then yada, yada, yada. But I think, like, maybe the second biggest beef that people may know about is the Easy e Dre beef. You know, that's a pretty big one. Yeah. The Easy E Dre in particular, or NWA, Ice Cube, Easy E, all as a collaborative well, beef. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, because Easy pissed off fucking Cube and Dre. Right. Yeah, I guess we could do that. Because well, no say, Vaseline, obviously. Yeah, no Vaseline is kind of like what kicked it off, and then um, which going into that, like, there's a lot of lines in there, like I'm. I'm sure if people have watched Straight Outta Compton, like, you've heard the song. Right. And some of it, like, I'm not going to get into because of the fucking sensitive-ass political world that Uh, we live in uh, now. I ain't going to have somebody try to pick apart my shit and be like, cancel noise advocation. Fuck them homophobic assholes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But uh, I did say fag earlier, so I guess we're already canceled. Different time, man. And And we could do a whole episode on why rap is homophobic. Or was at the time. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, that was a, like, in those days, that was, like, that was a hard diss to give somebody. Right. Like, you didn't want to be called that. Like, that was what, you know, especially if you weren't, like, and even if you were, you didn't want to be or called even, that. Even, like, 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 Snoop Dogg being, like, I heard your mama was a Frisco dyke. Yep. Like, your shit. mama was another thing that people. Yo, mama. Your mama jokes are still classic to me. They're the stupid. Clever ones are. And, but are they're good. great. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> What you say? So there's in that whole beef, there's no Vaseline, which was Ice Cube directed at uh, Dr. Dre, yep. Easy E, MC Ren, DJ Yellow, all of NWA. Jerry Heller was yeah, in there too. Got to make sure Jerry's mentioned, right? And then there was Easy E came out with Real Motherfucking G's, which was direct at Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Death Row, uh-huh. and and or Dr. Dre did a uh, Fuck with Dre Day, which yep. was. Him and Snoop Dogg directed at Easy, Easy, um, and Jerry. Oh yeah, and Jerry. They had, anybody out there? That song will be on the list. There's a video that's pretty funny. If you know Easy E and Jerry, actually, like you said, if you saw the movie, watch that video, and it's it's pretty funny. I like the in real motherfucking G's. There's like two lines in there that I really like. Where uh, Easy says that. Uh, Snoop Dogg's only 60 pounds soaking wet and wearing boots. Yeah, he calls yeah, yeah. him an anorexic rapper. 
And then the other one is all of a sudden Dre is a G thing, but on his old album covers, he was a she thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's like referring to Dre's first group, which was World Class Wrecking Crew, where uh-huh. he was dressed. I mean, that was like the times, like people like dressed like that. Like, and well, he was fucking, he was like, I want to perform. I got to work under this guy. It's like going yeah, yeah. to a job. A different line in that that I think tops it in, in more of like a, because he's hitting his pocket where he's like, damn me, they tried to fade you on Dre Day, but Dre Day was only easy payday. Yeah. You know, and that shit's true. He made fucking every album sold, man, was just lying in Easy's pocket. Oh, Tim Dog was another that was at uh in Dre Day they went at Tim oh, Dog. Oh, that's also. right. That's right. Because Tim Dog had that fuck Compton song. Yep. But yeah, there was actually quite a few different disses where like the opposing team actually made money off of it. Where this is one that I kind of felt like was planned a little bit, uh, which was the Eminem MGK feud that went out. Uh-huh. Like Eminem's obviously known for lashing out at people on tracks, name dropping, whatever. And he on Kamikaze, he had like a few different songs where he mentioned MGK. But then like two days after the album dropped, MGK came out with Rap Devil which he had already, like, written and had a video for, like, within two days. So to me, like, so it almost seemed like it was planned. planned. And Interscope owns both the catalogs of both of those artists. I don't know. Like, it was good for... There wasn't any good rap beef going on at the time, so, like, that was pretty big. Like, obviously, it probably helped out MGK in his career. And... Eminem didn't really need any help, but like it's uh, yeah, that's a good fucking theory. I was kind of under the assumption that it was like sort of planned. And if they're owned, both owned by the same like their yeah. cattle Interscope, yeah. yeah. And that, I know like it's fucked up. Eminem owns his own label and whatever, but it's like a subsidiary under Interscope. And then I know there's like Eminem called into Interscope because the original feud started because MGK called Eminem's daughter hot which was like years before the actual album came out uh-huh. where he said something about that. I think it was like five, six, seven years or some shit. Jesus, man. And then Eminem, like, it almost seemed petty. Like, you're going to pull yeah, that yeah, out of yeah, pocket yeah. like eight years down the road or however long it was and then just name drop it just yeah. because. And then MGK went on Instagram and, like, made a video of him popping champagne when he while he was playing the song. Because he was like, oh, I got dropped in an Eminem song or whatever. Yeah. Because like, even if you're getting dissed by him, like... Yeah, you're... You're getting the you're exposure gonna catch of, like... algorithm yeah. or whatever. So, and, like, even when Eminem came out with Killshot, like, a couple weeks after, he was like, this is it, as big as you're going to get, had to give you a career to destroy it right. type of thing. And, which, I mean, that's true. Like, it, he really... And MGK had his following and whatever, but, like... That, I think, helped elevate him. But then he went a completely different direction and started making pop-punk music. So it's all, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I think you're right, though. I think the, the beef may have been manufactured purely for money. But I will say Killshot, man, that, that's some vicious shit on there, though, too. And that's a fucking... Yeah. Eminem's like... I like his flow on that song. Yeah, I do, too. I will say that I... Like, at this point in his career, like, you expect Eminem to come out with something like that. Right, right. Now, when I heard Rap Devil, I was more surprised by that than I was by Killshot. 
one because it came out two days after or maybe it was three days or whatever but it was like immediately after right. it was like seems like it was fucking overnight but mgk had that controversy with g easy who i don't listen to g easy was dating the singer halsey mgk fucked halsey um <laughs> it's like the same shit yeah, exactly it's crazy um and then uh at the end of the song where he was like, I already fucked one rapper's girlfriend this week. Don't make me call Kim. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's pretty like, tight. I was like, dude, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, like, that's pretty tight. But he did say, like, it's a funny thing when your idols become your rivals type of thing yeah, and, like, yeah, some yeah. shit like that. And I did read somewhere that he said he wrote the song when he was drunk. I don't I don't know. I don't know the whole story behind it. It could Either be, way, you put it out. Yeah. I could be wrong. Like, it could have been just uh, off the dome. Like, I'm not saying the guy can't rap or whatever, but it just seemed kind of planned out to Yeah, me. definitely. Well, but I will say it was good for hip-hop at, at the, the time because right? there was nothing diss-wise going on. So that was fun to hear that back and forth because I like that competitive back and forth right, shit. Right, right. And that seems to be where, you know, all this diss track started was just competition, man. Just yeah. I can rap better than you. I can spit more venom than you. I can take these words and twist them better than you. Like, And I think it's, you know, come back to that because I don't really hear anybody fucking driving, you know, I'm going to get this fuck. The Crips are coming back to kill so-and-so, like all that East Coast, West Coast shit. Right. You know, it's totally gone. Well, I think they, they saw the collateral damage that that caused no, due to no. the music and what it came out from and like because i've heard interviews with people like the game and shit where they yeah. were like when i came into hip-hop they were like you grow up with like those rap beefs like you're under the impression that rap is real like that yeah, yeah 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 you go into this and like you could live or die by this based on what you say and really it's just a music industry like right. at this point like yes it has happened but it's all constructed it's a business like it's not meant to be like that it's not right. meant to be the street it's not meant to be gang wars it's not meant to be shit like that and with and with the game i always thought it was cool that uh he kind of looked after nipsey hustle too because yeah. complete opposite gang you know but it was just about music um another beef a more recent one that i heard was king magnetic did a song called be quiet dissing vinnie paz and that motherfucker is ruthless and funny. And he claims, King Magnetic basically claims that Vinny's steal, stole, like, some hooks, put some different words around, and then he's kind of, like, questioning him on his, like, well, this album, you're an Islam, this album, you're a fucking killer, this album, you're eating your mom's spaghetti. <laughs> I mean, it's it's silly like that. But all that stems from is, like, you know, they're all within the same Army of Pharaoh camp. Yeah. And I have heard Vinny Paz refer to himself as a fat guinea. Yeah, yeah, in oh, a yeah. few different songs. Yeah, yeah. So, but I didn't know shit about that disc till you brought it up. Yeah, that was I, actually one that I'd never heard. And I just randomly found it. Now, the funny thing about that is, according to King Magnetic, because I watched a couple interviews, he had that song in the pocket for like five years, and told they ran into Vinny in Phoenix or some shit like that at a show. They sat down, got loaded, fucking everything was cool. And then apparently Vinny went back on his word, so he fucking dropped it. But he had it for like five years. And his whole joke is, I didn't even have to change any fucking lines. He's still doing the same shit. <laughs> so, you know, and there, as far as I know, I don't think there's any 
retaliate. There's no track back, you know? Right. There's a few that ended up happening like that. Like, Three Six Mafia and the Bone Thugs oh, thing yeah, was dude. another one where, like, they did Live By Your Rep on Mystic Styles, which kind of, the song, like, plays out like a horror movie. Like, Three Six was obviously big into horror samples and stuff like that, but it talks that's, about, that's, like... Yeah, that's a fucking great track, dude. It talks about, like, peeling off skin, pouring degreaser on their dead friends, stabbing people with pitchforks, yeah, cutting dude. them with a thousand razor blades, shit horror, like that. It's like, like it's horror core, dude. Yeah. Love it. I don't know that Bone Thugs had... They definitely had, like, little one-liners in a few songs, but I don't think they ever came out with an actual, official, whole entire 3-6 song that dissed them back. And if they did, I don't know know what the name of it is, or I've never heard it. I do know that on... uh, What the hell was that song that they did with Biggie? Notorious Thugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know that it's... There's a couple lines on there that were kind of like, is that directed at 3-6 Mafia? Is it not? I don't know. Like, even DJ Paul went on a commentary one time and was like, I don't know if it was really directed at us or not. And then the beef ended up being squashed. But then, like, when they did that versus, like, some shit broke out, too, where they got into that little fight, which was, it was funny. I was reading this thing about, like, how DJ Paul kind of thought he was almost, like, expecting it to happen. Because he felt like they would kind of get, I mean, ego tripping. Right. Like they would. That's get, what Gangster Boo said yeah, too. Like they would get their ego hurt, and it was. I feel like Three Six had the upper hand in that versus because, unfortunately, a lot of the really good features that um, Bone Thugs had, like Biggie and Easy E and et cetera, like most of those guys, they passed on, so they couldn't bring them out to the stage with right. them. Right. So that kind of worked to their disadvantage, but three six is coming off a gram a Grammy at the time too. Multiple so Grammys. They're fucking. They're almost at the height of their career yep. at the time too, where Bone's been Bone, you yep. know, for the last however long. Yeah, and they like, I mean, they brought out Eight Ball and MJG. They brought out Little Wayne. They brought out Wiz Khalifa. They brought out Terrence Howard. They brought out like a just endless amount of people that yeah, they had dude. on stage with them. That Terrence Howard shit was tight. I know. I didn't expect that at all. Oh, I was either. like, oh, that's fucking dope. Yep. Because they, they did produce. Grammy, dude. Yep. And they've won, I mean, between DJ Paul and Juicy J, like they've produced countless tracks for yeah. like huge, huge artists. I think speaking of that, of the Live By Your Rep, and talking about horror, I remember seeing uh, some red carpet event with Juicy J, and he's just wearing a big-ass baggy fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre poster yeah. T-shirt, you know? I was like, that's fucking dope. People yeah. are in, like, you know, Armani suits and shit. Yeah, I follow uh, both of them on Instagram, <clears throat> and if you look in, like, DJ Paul's background and shit, mm-hmm. like, while he's making videos, you can see, like... He's got, like, horror masks and, like, posters of Texas Chainsaw, like, real life-size Jason figures. Like, uh, you can tell, like, by their music, but them as people, like, they were huge Huge fans fans, of horror. And that's what, like, really drew me to 3-6 was all the horror samples. Like, you got the little keys from Halloween in the back of the song and, like, shit from Texas Chainsaw. I always like the fucking lyrical, like, ride on up. Not too yeah. fast. Yeah. And then it's like, and then that, and when the verse comes in, it's just like, you're bopping your head like, dude, I'm ready to fucking shoot some people. Let's roll, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I have two here that I got to get back 
or that I got to get off back to back because they're get it not related to each other, but there's lyrical content that kind of stems from one another. Okay. So the first is Ice Cube and Common had a beef way back when because uh, I don't know if you've ever heard the song I Used to Love Her by Common. It's yep. a love song, but it's about hip-hop, but it's written in a way that's about a girl, but he's actually talking about hip-hop I, the whole time. I, re- I read a little bit about this one. Okay. So... There's a verse in there that is like, I wasn't salty, she was mad. Or, I wasn't salty, she was with the boys in the hood, it's all good, blah, blah, blah. And he's talking about gangster rap in the song. But it's written as like, the girl, hip-hop being the girl, moved to the West Coast with the boys in the hood. And it wasn't directly a diss to ice cube but ice cube at that point in time again with all the high tensions and shit took it like that took it as a diss so then he responded on mac 10's uh like some west side west side slaughterhouse okay was Was it a west side connections no it was was mac 10's debut album his first one there was a song called west side slaughterhouse and then there was a a verse in there that's I don't have it written down, but it was something like, Yeah, you used to love her, but you're just mad that we fucked her or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And they had like their going back and forth. Um and then so when Ice Cube wrote or when he did that line and in intro or intro, I'm sorry. When he did that guest spot on Mac Ten's song, Common came out with a song called The Bitch in You, which was directly about Ice Cube. Gotcha. Because they didn't originally plan to have that beef, but it got taken out of context and blown up bigger than it was. And he, I mean, a lot of people don't like really take Common as a guy like that because he's been an actor for so long. It's kind of like how Ice T is now. Like he's been an actor for so long that people forget how forget fucking good, how was. good he was yeah. as a rapper. And Common okay. Sense was the same way because. I mean, he has some classic albums that were, like, even now he still puts out stuff every now and then. He's just, he's respected by lyrical people. Like, he's not in the mainstream right, right. for music. It's, he's respected by beat makers and, like, people of his peers, like, around his area and whatever. Rest but in the peace, song, Yeah, yeah, that was, like, his favorite that, producer right. and shit. But the song, I mean, The Bitch and You was, like, fucking... For Common to come out with that, like, it was almost like it was a gangster rap song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then eventually, um, the beef got squashed, actually, by uh, Farrakhan. Okay. Like, they met up, like, he met up with both of them and made them squash the fucking beef. So, The Bitch and You um, was the last song in that beef? Um, or did Cube come back with another one? I think Cube came back with another one on West Side Connection. I, I don't know if it was like a whole song, but he had a couple oh, lines in okay, a song okay. that was on there. But West Side Connection was more famous for the King of the Hill, Cypress Hill. Yeah, disc, yeah, yeah. Which Cypress Hill and Ice Cube also got into that. I'm trying to kind of get some of these out there now before we take up too much time. <laughs> well, I was going to uh, say the bitchin' you came out in the fall of 96. Yeah. And then... Because West the Side Hill Connection came didn't come out, out until like 2001 later. or 2 or 3 or somewhere in the early 2000s. What's that? West Side Connection. This says 96. West Side Connection? Or are you looking at West Side Slaughterhouse? West Side Connection, King of the Hill, directed at Cypress Hill. 
Let's see. Real I quick. thought it was later than that. Yeah, their debut album came out October twenty second, ninety six. That's why that connection. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, consider me corrected again. Look at that. You said that I was going to be dropping a bunch of shit. To, I, that, I thought, uh, <laughs> dude. I thought you were going to murder me on the info. You're the one corrected me. Like, but I, I had a feeling though because I thought it was later. But maybe it was. Maybe I just thought that because I didn't hear it until later. Like I was in seventh grade when fucking West Side Connection kind of blew up. Like, I don't remember, I don't know what the exact year Bow Down came out, but I remember that song being huge. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. When I come to your town. Yeah. And then uh, go to church, too. Yep. Um, but the other one that was unrelated to this, but the Minister Farrakhan thing was, yeah, 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 I yeah. wanted to tie into that, okay. was uh, Cannabis, which he had a song, Second Round KO, that was directed at LL Cool J. And they had like a, a really long ongoing beef actually i don't know if that ever got squashed out or not but the it was narr- the song was narrated as like a boxing match and the intro and outro and a couple of the interludes throughout the song actually have mike tyson in there yeah 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 like, i heard that encouraging cannabis like yo your job's to eat 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 rappers like do this do that like no i was i listened to that okay and that was that actually mike mm-hmm. no shit cuz i wasn't sure I didn't, I mean, that's one I didn't, like, I was like, man, that's cool, but then there's, like, a 50 other ones, you know? Right. But there's a line in there, or a couple lines that says, um, watch me rip the tap from your arm, kick you in the groin, stick you for your Vanguard Award in front of your mom, your first, second, and third born, <laughs> make your wife get on the horn, call Minister Farrakhan so he could persuade me to, or persuade me to squash it, and, and I say, nah, he started it. That's um, dope. But the Minister Farrakhan thing... That stemmed from the common and ice cube beef. That's why I wanted to tie those two I together. Gotcha. See how hard it is to reiterate lyrics just reading them. Like, yeah, you gotta let that like, goes you to show. Flow it. Yeah, that goes to show like how talented some of these artists are. Like being able to tie the words together like they do because uh-huh. I get tongue tied doing that shit just reading it out. Okay, I'm gonna say one of mine that I as like my favorite, one of my favorite beats in this whole list. And it's a Jizza song called Paper Plates, and he's dissing on 50 Cent and G-Unit for basically being, like, unique and shit. That's a great track. Obviously, it'll be on the on the list. But I just want to get into How to Rob by 50 Cent because <laughs> that song it just fucking kills everybody. And I have some just, like, thoughts about that song yeah. where I don't know if it's actually... Like, obviously, yeah, it's a diss, but I... The more I've listened to it, it's I actually like, feel like silly. it was just meant to be just funny. Like it is and fucking meant hilarious. to be like what the extent you would go to when you're broke and teaching you like how to rob industry people. Right, right. I mean, yeah, like fifty cent he does have some of like the funniest shit in there, like I'll rob pun without a gun, snatch his piece and run, dude weighs four hundred pounds, how's he gonna catch me, son? And then he had like the I have dreams of fucking an R&B bitch, but I wake up early and bounce with all her shit. Which <laughs> yeah, was like, yeah. that was a play on Lil' Kim. Um, the other one, Big Pun, obviously. I know he talked about, like, snatching RZA, Ray, and Ghost's funny rings. I, um, there's a there's an ODB line, ODB, I love you, but it's fucking funny, man. I, 
I'd rob ODB, but that'd be a waste of time. Yeah. Probably have to clap him and it's toss the nine. Like, that shit's fucking funny, dude. I know he talks about robbing Slick Rick for all his chains. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Jay-Z's in there. Uh, he, it's like, there's like no holds barred to it. Like, he literally goes at like everybody <laughs> in the song. Um, that song actually never came out on any of... 50 Cent's albums, which is why I feel like a lot of people aren't familiar with it. Yeah, it's just like a random single, isn't it? It was supposed to be on Power of the Dollar, or Power of a Dollar. I don't remember if it was uh or the... But before 50 Cent came out with Get Rich or Die Trying, he had Power of the Dollar recorded, finished, ready to be released. Then he got shot, and the album got shelved. Then he came back with Get Rich or Die Trying, but Power of the Dollar never officially came out. Gotcha. And that was on that album. So this was recorded before he got shot. Yeah. No shit. You can actually, like, if you go and listen to 50 Cent after he got shot, you can tell tell the difference in his voice, like, little similarities. It's almost like... No, I thought listening to it, his voice was a little higher. Yeah, and it doesn't have... It's like when you hear Conway, like, when he first got shot, Compared to now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can hear how much slower he was in, like, 2014, he, 15. He learned how to And he was better. trying to get used to being able to... Talking out of the side of his face. Talk out of the side of his face with half his face being paralyzed. Yeah, man. So he had to slow his music down. But, like, now if you listen to his later stuff, like La Maquina and all that yeah, shit, yeah. like, he's actually rapping, like, pretty fucking fast yeah. for being somebody who has half a face paralyzed. Right, That's right. really impressive. Yeah, that shit's fucking nuts. But same thing where you can hear the difference in time of that. And 50 Cent had, like, this slightly different draw after he got shot. Like, on certain words, if you listen to it, you can hear it. I don't think you can stream Power of the Dollar anywhere, like, as far as a massive streaming service, but if you use SoundCloud or um, Datpiff... You can get it on there, the whole album. I have it downloaded, like, on my computer. But 50 Cent, I mean, he's a fucking comedian, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's hilarious. There was another song, Back Down, which was on Get Rich or Die Trying, which was a direct diss to Ja Rule and Irv Gotti and Murder, Inc. and all them dudes. Oh, that's right, yeah, Ja Rule, he got a lot of heat. Deserving, though, he was kind of a pop, not even kind of, he is a pop rapper. But there's, like, a line in there where he's, like, you sing for hoes and you sound like the cookie monster. Um, there's one where he says, like, your mama, your pappy, uh, your dirty, or your mama, your pappy, the bitch you chasing, you little dirty-ass kids, I'll fucking erase them. <laughs> um, Always with the children, man. I know. <laughs> Motherfuckers need to ease off on the children. Oh. It makes for a good beef, though. Yeah, it does. But, yeah, he had that shit against Ja Rule, and I believe I've mentioned this before on a different episode when we were talking about songs, but if, for whatever reason, somebody didn't hear the episode or whatever, uh, Ja Rule, or, I'm sorry, 50 Cent bought out the first three rows of one of Ja Rule's concerts. So he bought out every ticket. I think he said it cost him, like, three grand or something. And he was like, ah, that ain't shit, it's just three grand, whatever. But he bought out the first three rows, so then when Ja Rule came out to his show to perform, the first three rows of people was completely empty. (laughs) Nobody was there. (laughs) Which is Uh, like, that's a whole level of petty that I'm like, I'm like, man, I would almost probably do the same shit if I were like loaded like that and I was having a beef with somebody because like that is fucking hilarious. Oh, definitely. 
I thought he was. I thought you were gonna say he fucking filled it up with whoever, but leaving it empty. No, is he even left worse. it empty. <laughs> like, yeah, that's so he worse. came out, and they're all like, "What the fuck? Like, where's everybody at?" And then like, I mean, I don't think he knew. It would be funny if he left a like a note on a chair that was like fucking greetings, fifty yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I don't know if he did or not. Oh, and he goes at like Jada and Jada and Will and Silk the Shocker, Master P, and How to Rob and all that shit. There's yeah, there's a huge list. Yeah. Um, definitely check out How to Rob. It's it's funny. But like I said, I don't know if it was like meant to be beef like that. I think it was just almost a joke rhyming and having fun. I mean or it could have been. I don't know. Um what else you got? That you know, that's pretty much I mean, there's a lot, but that's pretty much we went through most of them. Yeah. I got a, in a couple in a more that I just wanna say okay. that I don't have like a ton of background on, but I do know a bit. Yeah, there, I'm, there's one more I want to say, too. MC Shan and Boogie Down Productions, which was KRS-One's group, yep. uh, they had a, a on-again, off-again beef where uh, BDP, Boogie Down Productions, came out with Bridges Over, which was directed at MC Shan, Juice Crew, Marley Mall, Roxanne Shantae, etc. MC Shan came out with Kill That Noise, which was... A direct clap back to that and it's uh that was one of the earlier like new york project beasts. right like, right i don't remember i want to say mc shan was queensbridge and bdp was uh south bronx or something like that um i'm not from new york so i don't know i'm not i'm as familiar as i can be with all the different like, boroughs boroughs yeah only from hip-hop music like, just listening to all the different boroughs, I've learned where they're at. Right, and kinda, right. And yeah, they all have their own sound and yeah. shit. Definitely. Um, what was the other one you wanted to get up? Kind of almost in the, you know, similar vein of, in the 80s, Cool Modi putting out How You Like Me Now and having his Jeep over the fucking Kangol hat, like, right on the cover. Yep. That shit's hard as fuck going at LL. And LL had the Jack the Ripper response. Yep. Um, and the Ripper Strikes Back. Uh, and then Cannabis actually, again, on the LL beef, yeah, came, out with that, he came out with an album called Rip the Jacker. Okay, okay. He had a couple other like songs that he fucking beefed with LL on, too. And then I know Eminem had like a little spat with Cannabis as well. Really? I didn't. Fucking stupid. Why is that dude always talking shit? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, he kind of feel like it. Uh, that's, I feel like why Eminem and 50 got along so well because they were just like, give no fucks about right. anybody. They were just like, I'll diss whoever. I don't give a fuck. One thing I did like going back to the MGK Eminem thing was when MGK said that I got all my hits without Dre producing me. Yeah, yeah. Which I was like, you know, that's actually it's a legit. fucking legitimate. Like, Eminem did have a leg up early on in his career because of the Dr. Dre thing. But then Eminem came back with, like, I've got more fans than you in your own city, which is more than likely yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't know. It was just, I liked it. It was good. Oh, there's a, another recent one I discovered was uh, Freddie Gibbs going at Young Jeezy, I think. There was actually a line that may be taken out of context where Freddie Gibbs went at uh, Griselda. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Because there was I've I've heard in interviews with Benny. Yeah. Being like, it's like a touchy subject and yep. shit. They don't really know if it was actually directed at You're them right. or not. And uh, I mean, I don't know. Like it, listening to it, it kind of sounds like it, it is, but I'm not really sure because they have all collaborated together in right. the past. But as That's history another case proves, where I like, like them both. Yeah, yeah, I like them both too, but. If they collaborate together, that doesn't, like, hold them back from beefing together, no, too. Exactly. So, like, friends become enemies quicker than enemies do, I think. And that or just, strangers, and that, I mean. And those are fucking hood dudes, so. I think the last one that I have would be the DJ Quick, Dollars and Cents, which was an MC8 disc. MC8 was from um, Compton's Most Wanted. And then they had, like, their little spat. I like the, I like MC8 and all, but, like, I love that DJ Quick disc, like, just DJ as a Quick. song in general. Yeah, yeah. It has that, like, P-Funk, poppy, like, fucking, I don't know how, the West Coast sound. I mean, it's, like, literally heavy-ass, like, uh, it sounds like the shit on The Chronic where, like, they had that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like that song a lot, even just as a song, not outside, you know, I'm not too familiar with the background of how that disc came about i've read about it here and there but it's not something that i know immediately right. off the top of my head like we said or i said before i had i had to do a lot of digging into um certain ones i had to like eliminate a lot yeah because i had a list of like fucking 50 of them yeah I and had, then i was I like 50 uh no that's too much that's i had to like touch it back and try to I tried to pick out ones that I knew that we could elaborate on with, like, good background stories rather than just, like, this guy beefed with this guy. Good song. Yeah, yeah. good song. Yeah, like yeah. the DJ Quick thing I yeah. just did. But I, no, I, I, I get it. Like, the Nas and Jay-Z thing had a good story. Like, Nas and Prodigy had a good story. Like, they all had... Oh, that was one more thing I didn't say was Nas came out with another song called Destroy and Rebuild that was aimed at... Um, Prodigy, Cormega, uh, one other person whose name escapes me right now. But that was where Nas talks about how Prodigy was, like, begging for his chain back that he stole. And uh, shit, okay. Which that book that I just borrowed to you elaborates on all that. And that's pretty much all I have written down. Like, I could honestly keep going and going but we're at a little over an hour here so i'm not gonna try to make this thing too fucking long um plus i'm getting over a cold and my throat's all scratchy now from talking well that's not any fun nope as we post this episode online comment like on your favorite rap beefs let us know what some of your favorite diss songs are what uh what you feel like the outcome of some of them are. Obviously, we know we missed a bunch of songs. Yeah, that was totally like, intentional. You know, comment, give us your opinion, your thoughts, your uh, take on things, and we will uh, be back next week. I think we're possibly having another interview next week, but I'm not going to tell anybody who it is because it was kind of a surprise to us as well, so we're going to keep that stashed away. But That's something to look forward to. It'll be something that we don't typically do, but it'll be cool. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, like the episode, follow us on uh, YouTube, Instagram, etc. And we will be back next week again with more content for you.
Have you got a good anything week. else you want to say, Jeremy? Just everybody have a good week. Um, keep it, keep listening. Please fucking subscribe on the YouTube shit. Yeah, the more everybody like puts our shit out there, the more exposure we get to where people can find the podcast easier. And algorithms are a motherfucker, and it yeah, is hard to get them. your shit out there, like without being a huge account or without paying for it. Right, we're and we're just doing this based on our voices and our lovely fucking brains, not <laughs> our shallow pockets. Yeah. Anyway, everybody, fucking thank you for listening. Later. Yep. Thank you.